Sifter for the ear. News, interviews, reviews, cinema, TV, streaming, action. Hi, y'all. This is Jerry Williams, a.k.a. TV Jerry. The movie subscription service MoviePass has been relaunched. It allows subscribers to see multiple films on the big screen for a set monthly price, anywhere from $10 for up to three movies to $40 for up to 30 movies. Theaters that accept MoviePass in Richmond include The Bird, Movie Land at Boulevard Square, Cinebistro at Stony Point, and several of the area regal cinemas. On this show, I'm breaking two of my own rules. One, I usually only cover screens, TV, movie, and streaming, but I'm covering a book, which I already did once with Constance Wu's book. Plus two, there will be two surprise drop-ins. My mother. My mother wore a bra to bed in case we had fire. Ah. She didn't want firemen come in. And that's how prim and proper my mother was. That was Rita Bentley as Betty Bodine, her popular radio character. Her southern accent and countryfied manner made her popular for 20 years on Q94's morning shows in Richmond. Her character bits were also syndicated in Norfolk, D.C., Dallas, Mobile, Charleston, West Virginia, and Charleston, South Carolina. Now she's written Bodine, the early years of radio's Betty Bodine, a fictional bio of her character's teen years in Boones Mill, Virginia. In the podcast, Rita talks about publishing her book, plus a look back at her radio days. Sifter, review of the week. Platonic on Apple TV. The chemistry between Rose Byrne and Seth Rogen in the Neighbors films gets full treatment in this series. She plays a happily married mom of three when he comes back into her life newly divorced. They endeavor to repair the friendship that didn't end well, which leads to conflicts. This duo has a natural rapport that forms the core of the story, but the genuinely funny writing also contributes. Rogan is his usual casual guy, while her uptight mom is her best comedy role yet. The ketamine scene is hilarious. Platonic is a breezy delight. I gave it four out of five stars. Rita Bentley, welcome to Sifter for the Ear. First thing, let me play you something. Okay. I don't know much about cars, but when I went looking for one with a safety bubble, only one dealer in town took the time to figure out what I was really looking for was an airbag. I like that in a dealer. That sound familiar? Remember that? Yes, that's what was ages ago. That was you and me working together. That was you and me working together when we decided, okay, we're going to make Rita Bentley famous all over the country and put her in some radio commercials or TV commercials. Never happened, but that's okay. So Never we, happened. I uh, had a good time doing it, though. Yeah, and they were a lot of fun. We actually created a little fake trailer. and it was uh, a lovely trailer. And we did four of them, <laughs> and fortunately, we never got it out to anybody that would say, hey, we can use these. So, anyway. Yeah, now they're going to be beaten down your door. And now, especially because of, as we're talking about, the book, Bodine, The Early Years of Radio's Betty Bodine which you wrote. Now, first of all, let me get you to read the first four sentences of the first chapter, just so everybody can get a feeling for what they're in for. It was a cold day in February when Mama went into labor with me. That was the longest, most painful labor I have ever went through in my entire life, she said. I'm an only child, Mama. And that is why, she said, as she ended the conversation. And that's just a little taste of what Miss Betty Bodine talks about in her book. So where did Betty Bodine originate? She was uh, the mesh of two characters. There was a woman on TV in North Carolina, WBT, named Betty Feaser. She had the Betty Feaser show. And it, she had a southern accent, and she did household tips for people. And so I saw it when I was at, up at Radford, and I took the name Betty from Betty Feaser and Bodine from Jethro. We all know Jethro oh. Bodine. 
footnote. Jethro Bodine was the son in the 60s comedy The Beverly Hillbillies. Betty Bodine was born up at Radford when it was a college and there were no, there was 30 men and 3,000 women. So there was nothing to do. There was a, a, it wasn't even a theater in town. So that's where Bodine was created. What about the book? How did you decide to do a book? Well, COVID. Yeah, I've heard of it. We, we were locked in our homes for two weeks. And so in two weeks, I wrote this book. No. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and finally, when the, when the VCU Adult Education School up the street started taking, they were doing Zoom classes, but when they started letting people come back to school, you know, wearing masks and sitting right. six feet apart, I signed up for classes just to be around human beings. And, and the first class I signed up for was writing. And so I started this book two years ago, and I finished this book last semester. Then, of course, you have to find someone to format it for publishing, and then you have to find a company that does the cover, and then you got to buy an ISBN barcode number for it. It's very surprising all the steps you have to take. Well, and I noticed, because obviously I've read the book, and, you know, words like our is A-Y-R-E or A-R-Y-R-E, and it's like spell check. I'm sure how to fit with that word alone, and that's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> because I say thank when I mean think, but thank is already a word. So I had to come up with a creative way to spell thank. And air, A-Y-R-E, is our, O-U-R, but A-I-R is already a word. So Nail, remember the movie Nail? She had her own language. This book's got a little bit of that in there. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so how much of it is Rita Bentley's childhood? None of it. None of it. You didn't live in Boone's Mill? Never lived in Boone's Mill. Renee was my best friend. Okay. Renee was my best friend. She lived right next door to me. And she did have a brother named Dirk and her mother was named Kitty. But all of our adventures are made up. Now, my parents did drop us off at the theater when I was nine to see Thomasina and it really was Tom Jones that was playing. And so the <laughs> ticket lady wouldn't sell us tickets. So we had to walk home. Truth is stretched sometimes in this book, but most of it's just like, I'm, I did not get married when I was 17 and I didn't have my first kid, you know, in high school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but, but maybe some of the stuff like the first bra story or your first date with spaghetti was any of that like, Oh yeah, that's kind of happened to me. The first bra story was, <laughs> My my mother had bought me, my mother, my mother wore a bra to bed in case we had fire. She didn't uh, want firemen come in. And really? So that's how prim and proper my mother was. She bought me a feminine products package wrapped in brown paper and just put it on my bed when I was 10 years old and never said a word about it. I just had, was supposed to figure all that stuff out by, by myself because you do not talk about stuff like that in a nice family. So... That was the bra story. You know, I I switched it to the bra because uh, a bra is even easier for me to talk. That's true. That's true. Hygiene product. That's true, true. But, so, yeah. It was kind of wild because, you know, she started dating this guy when she was like 13 or something, right? And he was 16. Actually, my, my crush in Roanoke started out to be Dirk Landis, but ended up to be Kay Hickman's uh, brother, Kevin. And I don't even know where Kevin is anymore, but I'm friends with Dirk on Facebook. So he doesn't, he's not aware that he's in the, oh, really? he's in this book. Oh, but the story about the bicycle and Dirk, that was true. We found a broken bicycle and we got ketchup and put me under the bicycle on a busy corner, but in Roanoke. 
and he hid in the bushes and cars driving by would slam on the brakes and people would jump out and I would have to get up and run because, and it wasn't Mrs. Spicer, but. She's in the book, obviously. Um, That's a fake character. She's there. in the book because she ran me off in real life, ran me off the road in Roanoke and I had a concussion and woke up in the hospital. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so everybody's name in there, they're a person, but the story about them is not true. Got it. Got it. So you obviously decided. Did you to... enjoy it? Oh yeah, I did. It was a lot of fun. It was interesting to see where it was going to go. And I kept saying, I kept wondering, okay, what on earth is going to happen next? Because there are some unexpected adventures in there. Obviously, now you self-published it, right? I did. I self-published on Amazon. Yes. Right, right. So, yeah. and we'll have a link, of course, on the web page for the show to the link to it, so people can can get that. What is the weirdest challenge you found about creating a book and publishing it? The first challenge was the writing class because several people in my class were published. You submitted work every week and they had it for a few days and it came back to you, red lines everywhere, red words. And that was hard That because, you know, I've been writing radio commercials for decades. Right. It was also hard because I've written radio commercials for so long to make my stories longer because in radio you have 30 seconds or 60 seconds to tell a story. Right. But here I needed to, I needed to add dialogue and I needed to add action. So it has a lot of dialogue in it. It does. It does. And you almost have to read it out loud. My book club, we did a book club every week. And this year our book was this book and and they made me read aloud. And they said, it's so much better when you read it out loud because we, we hear the voice so right. they said you need to do an audiobook. So that's in the early works right now. Surprise guest drop in. I was trying to reach Rito. She there. Oh, Garrett. Oh, Garrett Chester. Footnote. Garrett Chester is a stand-up comic and radio personality who worked with Rita on the Q Morning Zoo. There were a lot of incarnations of the Q Zoo. And Garrett came in with um, Brandermel, Billy, and who else did you do, Garrett? All the presidents. I remember Ronald Reagan yeah. called us every morning. Yeah. That kind of dates the piece, doesn't it? Because, you know, when he was president, that was a while ago. Oh, it's hilarious yeah. when I think yeah. of the Q Zoo and I go, oh, yeah, nobody even knows what that was. Yeah, you're right. And yeah. I'll, I'll have a little footnote <laughs> to explain it. But uh, what was it like working with uh, Rita on the zoo in the mornings? It was incredible. And see, that leaves me wide open. Was it incredibly good or incredibly bad? No, right, right, it, right. it was always a laugh. And she was just a real dream to come in and uh, she'd stay with us sometimes for a while or sometimes she'd pop in and say, hey, and, and duck out. But um, there was never, never uh, a problem with Rita. Yeah, there was never a coffee ring on the table. There was no dust on anything and the floors were clean. She said it's all true. Because that's what mm-hmm. Betty, Bo- Betty Bodine as the... Was the cleaning woman. Yeah, but she spent a lot of yeah. time around my chair. I don't know why. <laughs> it was just dirty, I guess. Crumbs, Garrett. Crumbs. Uh-huh. Rita, what do you remember about Garrett? Or Garrett, what do you remember about Rita that was kind of a funny or interesting story or something that happened? I didn't know how many voices he did. And I fell in love with his wife, Tracy. And she said to tell you hi, by the way. Oh, good. Her real name's Terry. Right. Mm-hmm. But Bodine never got a name right, so it was always Tracy. Oh. That's right, right, right. <laughs> Oh, and I will have to tell you, after Garrett stopped working there, Bodine got some seahorse, the little, the little, um, sea monkeys, sea monkeys. I got a package of sea monkeys and I started them in my office at Q94. They don't get very big, but you could see them swimming around, swimming around and I named them. I named all the sea monkeys and one of them, one of them was named Garrett Chester. 
Oh. And so one morning I came in to the show and they said, what's wrong? And I said, Garrett Chester died last night. And, <laughs> and they're like, did you get calls after that, Garrett? Because the phones exploded wondering what happened to Garrett. I'm like, oh. I said, I guess he drowned. He's floating at the top of the tank. Right, right, right. So. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we must have had different audiences because when I was on that other radio station, nobody called me and told me I was dead. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a good uh, book here, huh? Yeah, I did a book, yes. Well, I didn't get your permission slip for the part you wrote about me. Well, and you know, everybody's going to be a little surprised because this is the coming of age of Betty Bodine. So this is the first 18 years of her life. And I... Of course, wasn't on Q94 till I was right. in my 20s, and I already I, I came to Q94 with four kids and my mother and a double wide and short pump, and then of course I married Mr. Bad Joke and had four more kids <laughs> and moved from the Majestic Gardens Trailer Park to the Golden Acres Trailer Park in Chesterfield because of the big sinkhole in uh, the Majestic Gardens <laughs> Trailer Park. Everybody had to move. I thought you meant the double wides were better to fit your your family. Well, and we got a double wide and we added an upstairs onto it because zoning laws we could, but failed to put any electricity up there. So we, we had to run extension cords up the banisters. We got red and green ones, so it always looked like Christmas when you were going upstairs at the double wide in Chester. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you couldn't be running a, a hairdryer upstairs and the toaster downstairs. It just blew the whole circuit. <laughs> Sounds like well, you're working. Guess, uh, you're working on your next book already. It sounds like Rita. <laughs> so, so, Garrett, before we let you go, can you tell us uh, one f interesting, funny, or embarrassing thing about working with Rita all those years? It was all funny from the second she came in the door. But it was just more funny when when people didn't know who she was and they would refer to this. Where'd that cleaning lady go? Because they didn't know they didn't know she was a character. They thought she was really the cleaning lady. Huh. But she'd come in and doing that stuff, you know. Well, I want to thank you for dropping in, Garrett, and enjoy your retirement. And I'm sure I'll be talking to you soon. And good to hear your voice there, Miss uh, Bodine. I hope you sell a million dollars. I'm good talking to you, Garrett. Y'all be good. Give Tracy a hug for me. I will. <laughs> All right, see y'all later. <laughs> he dropped a little bit of that Brander Mill Billy in there at the end, didn't he? I recognized it. <laughs> So anyway, so what was the story with this? How did you get started on the cues? I know your family, your father, and your sister and your brother are all in radio, too. How did you get started? Was it because of your father? Well, no, I did not want to get into radio because of my father, because he was always, it was constantly something going on, you know, constantly busy. I got a job in a bank that year, and when I went back to school, I didn't want, I, I wanted to work. So I dropped out and I came home and could not find a job in a bank and could not find a job in a bank. And I was at church on Sunday and Phil Goldman, who was the manager of Q94. Footnote. Q94 is a top 40 radio station in Richmond. And he was out in the parking lot smoking cigarette. And he said, find a job yet? And I said, no. And he said, well, how about this? We're interviewing receptionists. How about you come fill in as receptionist while we interview people? And that was Sunday. I went to Q94 the next day to fill in as receptionist and was there 22 years later. So you started as a receptionist that first day. What what was the transition? He said, well, let's put you on the air. I was receptionist and then I became sales secretary and assistant to the bookkeeper and programming secretary. I wasn't on the air. I was never on the air. And then everybody left and... I was still working there, but Harvey, do you remember Harvey Hudson on WLEE? Footnote. Harvey Hudson was a popular radio host on several AM stations in the Richmond area. 
Well, he had a guest on his show from MCI Telecommunications. So he had this guy on his show talking about the new satellite service from telecommunications, MCI. Uh, They sent their signal by microwave. That's how the telephone lines work. I called in and I said, I have a few questions for you. Do you have to have a microwave to get this service? Because we just have a gas oven. (laughs) And he's like... No, 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 um, no, 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 it has nothing to do. He was taking you seriously, obviously. Yes. And then I said, and you said you pay by credit card, and I have lifted this phone upside down. Where do you put it? And (laughs) and I was recording the phone call. I sent it off to Bob McNeil, and I said, look what I did to Harvey Hudson, because, you know, we were, WLEE and Q94 were competition way back in the day. Right. And so two years later, I am doing weekends at Easy 104, just being a regular disc jockey. And I came outside one morning and Bob McNeil was sitting there in the Q94 van. He said, I'm putting together a zoo and I want you to be on. I want that character that made that phone call. He hired me just like that. And then the day before we went on the air, he said, I want you to come up with four more characters. Wow. And I called Robin, my sister, you know, my sister. And she came over and together she and I. We had Wanda Bondage was the sex therapist, like Dr. Ruth, remember? Right. But there was a TV reporter here or anchor here named Wanda Bond. And so we had Wanda Bondage. And then Lacey Valentine Shortheimer was the receptionist, you know, the kind of California girl. And Susan B. and and Betty Bodine. That, so five, five characters. And, of course, Susan B. is the one you can never get away with anymore. Susan B., yeah. Susan B. could not get away with. I just was born at a perfect time where senses of humor were allowed. Right, and now right, it's a little right. tougher. Yeah. But, yeah, so those two characters lasted, and bo- and those two characters did get syndicated around the country. When you say syndicated, you mean on radio stations all over the country? Yes, on yeah. other radio stations. Right. But the Bodine character, the first station I was syndicated to, they came to me live on the air, and John Ogle, who got me the job there, introduced me as Rita Bodine. So I was Rita Bodine. Across the country, only Betty Bodine here. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. Which is why the title of the book is just Bodine. Right, exactly. And I wrote it as Rita Bodine. The whole book was written as Rita Bodine. And then when the woman formatted it for me, I said, you know, can you just go in and change all the Ritas to Betty? And she said, yes, but you'll have to go look because, like, if Margarita is in there, it'll screw it up. And I said, okay, there's no alcohol mentioned in this book. (laughs) I settled, settled. I went with Betty because, you know, she's, she's my character here. And this is my hometown. So. And plus it's alliterative. It sounds better. Right. And it's alliterative, whatever that means. <laughs> Surprise guest drop in. First time ever in the history of my show, I have another drop in guest and wanted to say hello. Let's see if you can see who this voice is. I am here. Can you see me? <gasps> Wicker. What do you say, Betty? That was immediate. Footnote. Jeff Wicker has been the host of The Morning Mix with Wicker and Wild on Mix 98 since 2016. He and Betty did The Morning Show on Q94 from 1996 until she retired. Thank you for coming on here. You are so welcome. Now, I can't see you then, so you're just on your phone, right? Yeah, I can't see you either. But we look fabulous. Yeah. Well, that's great. Because <laughs> I was going to hold up a Wicker World Tour with Betty Bodine t-shirt. Oh, wow. <laughs> We go way back. 
Obviously, we had Garrett on earlier who was on the Q-Zoo, and you and Rita became a partnership later on. How did that develop? You know, it's funny. I came here and uh, interviewed a year before I, I came. Remember that, Betty? Yes. I actually took a job in Chicago. That station got sold, and they went Spanish. I happened to check back in. So we teamed up in August of 1996. How long did that go on? When did you leave, Betty? Did you leave till in I got 2020? Fired. No, till he got fired. You left for a minute, remember? I retired because, Jerry, you know, I, I sell on eBay, and I and I was making enough money on eBay and not seeing my kids much. So I retired to go sell on eBay, and I'd missed radio. So, yeah, Wicker, you had a couple morning hosts after I left, right? I went through two, and when we had a chance to get you back, we jumped at that as fast as we could. Good deal. So, Jeff, what are some of the highlights of working with Betty? Some of the hilarious things that might have happened? Well, everything about Betty. I mean, she is just so funny. She's so witty. She's such a great partner because she, we used to call it yinging and yanging when we were on the radio when somebody would say, yeah. it, it just worked. It fit like a glove. Uh, by the way, Betty, <laughs> when I was getting ready to do this, I told my wife, Sarah, she goes, oh gosh, ask Betty if she remembers the time you guys were doing, we were doing a live commercial for, it was like a, an adult, you know, <laughs> shop. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And they sold, you know, adult clothes plus toys, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and we're on the air. And Betty is, she's blushing. You can almost feel her blushing through the microphone. <laughs> she actually covered her face to read the copy. <laughs> she was, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> it was Amore, wasn't it called Amore? I think so. The place. And, and I remember my last day, because I retired working with you, I retired, and my last day, we were doing a live spot for this company. And in the middle of it, I stopped and said, I don't have to do these anymore. <laughs> That's right. And you started laughing and said, you do not. But one of the things she was so great at, and I remember, I forget what the guy was calling. We would get wrong numbers once in a while. Somebody would call thinking they were calling a business. <laughs> Without hesitation, Betty jumped in as the person he was looking for. And didn't you tell him like somebody else was ill and they were in the hospital? You were making all kinds of stuff up. Now, somebody was in the house. Somebody was in the house. What should I do? Oh, that's right. What do you mean somebody's in the house? And I said, I can hear him walking around upstairs. And he (laughs) said, we don't have an upstairs. And I said, in the attic. I (laughs) <laughs> and I just and he and he's like, okay, I'm gonna hang up and call the police. And he, we finally had to tell him before he hung up to call the police that he had wrong number. I love spam calls. I look forward to spam calls because now whenever I answer and it's a spam call, I will go off phone. I will go, where'd you get that baby? Oh my god! I told you to stop taking people's babies. <laughs> 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 and what do they do on the other end? Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> Oftentimes, if we were looking for something, we need to say we need somebody to call. Betty'd run out in the hall and call in as somebody else. And you know, we would play along. <laughs> and then she'd come back and say, Betty, you just missed the call. She, oh my gosh, I had to go get coffee. You know, she would have been the caller. Uh, you know. was, was it obvious it was her, her yeah. just with a different voice, a different accent? So, sometimes, but you know, they didn't always recognize because she could do some great voices. It depended on the voice she did. Uh, yeah. But yeah. I did uh, my mom's my mom beautiful day. My mom yeah, that's right. Yeah, so she would call in sometimes. Uh, and one time we called, and I believe it was you, Wicker. We, I, You know, I would call my kids sometimes. Yep, <laughs> and I yep. called my son, Bentley, 
And he answered the phone and he didn't know he was on the air. And he went, mom, I have the worst diarrhea this morning. <laughs> and I'm like, Billy, I'm so sorry. You're on the radio. <laughs> and he's like, oh, mom. That's right. I, re- yeah. I remember my poor, that. My poor kids. I guess they learned not to answer your calls early in the morning till you got off the air just to be safe. <laughs> no, they never did learn because they're my children. Uh. I see. We had we had <laughs> the best time with that. And it's funny. I, I wanted to say one quick thing. I keep calling her Betty. I never called her Rita. When I first met her and she told me her real name, I said, okay, that's good. I'll remember that. I said, but please don't ever use it because I never wanted to say her real name on the air. And wow. all the years, I never slipped up. I never did. Even to this day, I call her Betty. I don't, I don't think I ever call you Rita, do I? Yeah. Yep. You did. Well, Jeff, I want to thank you for dropping in and giving her a big surprise and telling us some great stories about her. Thank you. And hey, I want a copy of the book. So let me know how I can get it when when it's out. Okay, will do. And you still owe me lunch. Yes, I do. I always owe her lunch for her birthday. So I got to hurry and do it. Your birthday's in February. So I've got what, like six months to get it in real quick? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I owe you lunch. I'll see you guys. Okay, thank you, Jeff. Right. Thanks. See you. You you hinted a little bit. You you started telling stories earlier about Betty as a little older person. Do you think you're going to write a sequel? You're going to wait and see how sales go first, or are you already starting on it? I have not already started on it. And like I said, early stages of an audio book, and that's going to take a long time. I don't want to just read it myself. I can narrate it, and I can do me but I don't want to do all the other characters. So who are you going to get to do some of those? Ray. Ray Bentley, your other brother. Footnote. Ray Bentley is Rita's brother and best known for his Midnight movies. He talks all about it in the podcast we did back in October. He can do any voice. And then my my daughter Shelby wants to do the Renee voice. So do you miss the radio days at all? Or you don't, I'm sure you don't miss getting up at those unholy hours. I don't miss the radio. I miss bantering with Wicker. I miss bantering with McNeil and Jay Hamilton and Garrett Chester and Corey Dietz and Carlson and McKenzie. There were a lot, but the best time was just the chemistry we all had working off of each other, trying to get each other to laugh. Well, you're good at that. So, you know, the last question I always ask everybody is, what do you watch at home? This week, I'm watching the new Perry Mason, which is pretty dark. On HBO? Yeah, that's pretty good. I enjoy So Help Me Todd. I think it's well written and it's funny. I couldn't get into that. I gave it like two or three episodes. Of, eh, it's not working for me, but I'm glad you like it. Oh, I liked it. And I always watch what you like, and I don't watch what you don't like. Oh, bless your heart. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, I want to thank you for coming on and talking about Bodine, the early years of radio's Betty Bodine. And I can't wait to see how sales go. And I can't wait for that audio book. We might have to have you back on when that's done in four or five years. Thanks for having me. I appreciate this, Jerry. Certainly. And would you like to sign off as Betty? I'm Betty Bodine, the skirt with the dirt, your nationally inquiring reporter, reporting. That was Betty Bodine at the end, but most of the interview was with her creator, Rita Bentley. Betty was popular for 20 years on the radio, and Rita's written Bodine, the Early Years of Radio's Betty Bodine, a fictional bio of her character's teen years. There's a link to the book, plus the commercial I played earlier, and more on the webpage for this show at tvjerry.com. Coming soon. In theaters. Transformers Rise of the Beasts. This seventh live-action film features robots who can transform into robotic animals. Mending the Line. Fresh off succession, Brian Cox plays a Vietnam vet who helps a wounded Marine after he returns from Afghanistan. The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster. 
After her brother's death, a teenage girl is obsessed with finding a way to cure death. TV and streaming. Flamin' Hot on Hulu. Eva Longoria makes her directorial debut in this story about a Frito-Lay janitor who created the global phenomenon, Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Arnold on Netflix, a documentary about Mr. Schwarzenegger. Somewhere Boy on Hulu. A boy is locked away in his house by his father who tells his son the outside is full of monsters. Based on a true story on Peacock, three friends join to capitalize on America's obsession with true crime. The Crowded Room on Apple, Tom Holland plays a young man who's arrested for a shocking crime. The 76th Annual Tony Awards on CBS and Paramount. The Writers Guild granted a waiver so this year's show can go on. You can subscribe to this podcast on all the usual platforms or you can visit TV Jerry, click on the podcast tab, and there's a link. Next week, we'll meet the creators of a Nova documentary, Ocean Invaders. This is Jerry Williams. Thanks for listening. For more Sister, including literally thousands Thousands of of reviews, reviews, visit tvjerry.com. That's a wrap.